Welcome to the Truth Wins Podcast, where the truth hurts sometimes, but it can save your life. Our heart on this podcast is for you to know why you believe what you believe and to be able to give a defense for it. This is episode 91. We're titling it, No Human is Illegal, Stu. Not Stu, just it ends like exclamation mark, no human is illegal, exclamation mark. But I was okay. telling my guest with us, Stu, say hey, Stu. Hey, Stu. You're always, you're not a guest. You're, you're one of the co-anchors, co-hosts. <laughs> so you're never a guest. But, um, so I was basically saying like, no human is legal because you have said that before and it has offended me. What have I said? You said it, we're going to talk about illegal aliens. And I said, no human is illegal. Do you remember that? I don't. Okay. Well, it could have happened because that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Well, you've seen those yard signs, right? That say no human is illegal. It's like love is love. Yeah. Love has no home here or that kind of thing. Right. So that's, that's our take on it. Um, you hear a lot about illegal aliens and such in today's culture. So we thought, well... Let's tackle that. See if the Bible has anything to say about it or just common sense in general. So you ready to talk about that? I think so. Okay. Everything else going well in your in your world? Until we get to stump stew, probably. Okay. Well, let's do it. That's a good segue. It's time to stump stew. All right. So Eric says on this one, sadly, sinners who follow a prophet who taught them how to avoid those sins while committing sins that directly violate his teachings aren't going to get many followers. And no surprise, we see church attendance dropping like a rock. All right. What's they used to? So let's see what, let's examine his question. So sadly sinners. So I'm assuming Eric hopefully would include himself among that group since the Bible says we all are, but I think he doesn't think he is. But it says it follows a prophet. We don't follow a prophet. We follow God incarnate in the flesh who came and died for our sins. Um, Muhammad was a prophet. Jesus is God in the flesh. There's a big difference. Uh, it taught him how to avoid those sins. I don't think Jesus came to ever teach us how to avoid the sins. We can't avoid the sins. Uh, he, And then while committing sins... So, like, is he saying Jesus committed sins? No, I think he means those those people those, who are sinners who follow a guy who said don't, but we keep doing it anyways. No wonder we don't have any followers. Well, I think he knew that we would fail. You know, he he's had his 12 disciples and they all failed. Mm -hmm. uh, we do violate his teachings. I'm not going to disagree with you on that, Eric. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but the thing where he says they aren't going to get many followers i don't know if eric knows any of the statistics about how christianity has changed the world but uh, at the beginning of the 1900s eight percent of africa was christian uh, now it's 44 percent mm -hmm. so that's a quite a huge jump eric uh, there are 100 million christians at least in china uh, the church is expanding Maybe attendance is dropping in your neighborhood, Eric, but God's purpose and his mission is going on, yeah. whether you're aware of it or not. Last I read, it's only declining in Europe and North America, but other continents, it's exponentially Expanding. growing. Yeah. yeah. Which again, yeah, hypocrisy, that's a turnoff to everybody. But right. 
everybody's a hypocrite to one degree or another. Right. It doesn't mean that whom we follow is a hypocrite. Right. Because my Savior yeah. is not. Yeah. All right. Well, that is today's Time to Stump Stew. All right, Stu. Your wife has been on you for fixing that bathroom. The deck. And the deck. Getting the deck done finally. And you're like, I don't want to spend any money. But actually, it's, it's interesting because I do real estate. And people, oftentimes, you'll see this $50,000 vehicle that's just been washed and waxed every other day out front while they're letting their best asset uh, go to the wayside. Yeah, they're home. Because you get the return on the investment if you spend it in your home. And the reason I bring that up is because today's episode is brought to you by Constructify, your go-to solution for home improvement and energy-efficient projects where they construct it for you. They tackle windows, sidings, roofing, decks, i.e. Stu's deck, uh, painting projects, all along the front range. I've met Joe. He's a good guy. He's a believer. He supports this podcast and he will take care of you. He'll do good work, honest work, and you can reach him at 303-502-1096. Go to constructify.com or email them at info at constructify.com. And when you do that, tell them you listen to Truth Wins and that's how you heard about it. And they'll give you 15% off your next project. Sound good? All right, go get them. No human is illegal. So we have a big problem in our country with people coming in uh, probably daily who are not going through the process of immigration where they become legal citizens of the United States. So this term illegal alien um, is probably a bad word now too. We might even get censored for even saying that because that's offensive. But that's been a term for a long time as far as anybody who goes into a country illegally and tries to stay there longer than they're allowed to uh, rather than just visiting on vacation or having a work visa. So it's a complex issue and we don't want to pretend that we can, you know, put it, fix it all and put a bow on it in just, you know, a half an hour. Uh, but I think there's enough where we can at least say, yeah, what what is right, what is logical, and what is biblical in response to people trying to come into specifically the United States of America in the wrong way to become citizens here and to live and, and have their, you know, their life go on. Right. And I, I would say there's uh, some passages in the Bible, as always, that speak to some of these issues. And one of the passages that people... Um, usually go to is in Deuteronomy 10, 19, and it says, so show your love for the aliens, for you were alien in the land of Egypt. You know, it's like, you got to remember in different times in life, you were aliens also. You've been not the mainstream guys in a country Mm -hmm. at different times in your life. I lived in Libya when I was a kid. I wasn't in the majority. I went to Egypt and I was an American and I wasn't in the majority. So there are times when you need to think about what it's like from the perspective of the other person. How was that? Did you always feel like the odd guy out or was were they pretty accepting of you? Uh, in which place? Libya or Egypt? Uh, Egypt, you could tell they didn't really like Americans. They were had a very strong uh, tendency to... Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Mubarak was actually in charge then before when I was in Egypt and he had... To keep people off the, you know, unemployment rolls, he hired people as guards 
and they would patrol the blocks of downtown Cairo, basically. So they had, and they had these rifles. I think they were from World War One. Some of them, you know, they were really old and mm. beat up. But they would sit there with these rifles, uh, you know, just in the streets of Cairo. And sometimes, to be cute, some of them would, you know, point them at towards the street, and you'd have to walk by. And yeah, it was mm. uh, just kind of put the fear. Trying to put a little bit of yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been, you know, traveled for just vacation or missions to different parts of the world. But you are, it's it's a bit scary because it's not what you're used to right. and you don't understand their government. So it, to try to get in the shoes of some people trying to come in the United States, because that's their hopefully opportunity to live. It's, I don't think I think about it enough, how scary that would be to, to be in a corrupt, uh, such a corrupt uh, nation that uh, even trying to get out, I have to fear of life. And I think it's a good practice for all of us as Christians to try to put ourselves in other people's positions sometimes, mm -hmm. try to remember, all right, you know, what's going on inside their world and in their mind? Mm -hmm. Try to think of how they're seeing this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not to say that you become another person, but you should just occasionally try to think of, well, how does my wife look at this? You know, what could I do to help her? Yeah. What would be something that I'd want to do uh, if I was in the other person's position? Yeah, walk in their shoes. Yeah. Well, how compared to any other world powers in human history, how easy or hard is it for someone to come into America and become a citizen, would you, would you say? Well, and that's the other thing. There's another part to this that people often miss. Uh, I was part of a, a youth uh, group that was going to California. Uh, I, I always try to do my uh, missionary service anywhere near a beach because <laughs> I figured God calls me there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were doing some stuff in an inner city church in L.A. And um, one of the guys came in to talk to us. And the part of our group, two of the young men who were in our group were newly U.S. citizens from South Africa. Hmm. So they had had to go through this, you know, process of training and, you know, getting all the answers to these questions. And they had gone through all this. And this guy came and told us that, you know, we should just, take everybody in the United States. We should just bring everybody here and we should never turn anyone down. And it was almost like we should amount. Now these guys are citizens here just because they've walked across this border. Mm -hmm. And these guys were like, well, we went through all the work. We did what we were supposed to do to become mm -hmm. legal. Mm -hmm. uh, and people forget that part of this, mm -hmm. that this is almost kind of a slap in the face to those guys because you're saying, well, you really didn't have to have done that. Yeah. You can just come in and break the rules and now you'll be a yeah. citizen. But it's, it's the purpose to become a citizen. The purpose of doing that is not just to give them some busy work to make sure right. they can do it. But it's 
whenever you want to assimilate into a culture, you have to understand about that culture. Right. What are their values? Where did they start? What do they believe in? And as a, as a nation, how we got started and how we formed our laws and our constitution. If you don't know that, then you come in with your own set of values right. and how you've always done it. And always that's going to help, you know, shape our country. And it has for the last several hundred years, but we still have to have that commonality of this is what we believe right. as a nation. We the people, yep. but if we're not united in that, then we're not really a nation at all. Right. And I've had, I'm giving my students in this class a copy of the Declaration of Independence. I mean, that's something as our listeners should think, have you read the Declaration of Independence mm -hmm. recently? Yeah. Uh, just do. It, it's interesting to hear what Thomas Jefferson uh, says in that document because he talks about uh, why we're deciding not to be part of Great Britain. We're going to be our own country mm -hmm. because of the following reasons. Mm -hmm. And I used to ask students, you know, why did the U.S. decide to revolt from Great Britain? Why did we choose? And everybody always said, well, taxation without representation. Well, that's mm -hmm. list. That's number 22 on the list. Oh, wow. You know, there's like zillions of things before that. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's a whole lot of things about why they chose to put. And basically, they knew when they signed that, they were signing their death warrants, yeah. basically. Yeah. And John Hancock wrote his really big. So he said, so King George can read it. You know, it's come like, and find yeah, me. Huh? Come get yeah. it. Give me liberty or give me death. And a lot of them did get death yeah, and lost. That's true. If not death, they lost their wealth and family. And, and the courage that it took to found this country. And, and the, the key parts being that we believe that all men are created equal and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And they got that last part from John Locke when they changed uh, property to happiness. Mm -hmm. But they got the first part of that from the idea that in England, we laws came from God. They didn't come from a legislature or a king. Because if the state can give you rights, the state can take them away, mm -hmm. as we've seen in communist countries throughout mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So if you're living in ancient Rome, ancient Greece, or when England, you know, was the power, uh, the world power, and you wanted to become a citizen there, what do you know some of the steps that you'd have to do to become a citizen of those countries? Well, I think it varied in, in each instance. Yeah. But, um, like Egypt, Greece. Yeah, in Egypt, you weren't. You didn't really have citizens, basically. There's you no had, option. The pharaoh yeah. was in charge of everything, okay. and there was like a pyramid of yeah. people underneath him, and the people who bore the weight of everything were the common populace. And Actually, the were, slaves, right? Yeah, basically you slaves. pretty much didn't become a citizen. You became a slave yeah. if you were yeah. a different culture. Right. Okay. And that's a different concept than in Israel. You had the concept that there's a god mm -hmm. who is in charge of everything ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and therefore he gives you your rights. Mm -hmm. You're created in the image of God. So you have unalienable, they can't be taken away. Yeah. Yeah. What about in ancient Greece? Do you know, like you come from Africa, you the, want to become a citizen. Was that even possible? Greece was so diverse in the sense that each city state was its own state. Oh. You know, like the Athenians had their gotcha. thing. 
And that's speaking of the last episode, I forgot this, but Athens is the first experiment in democracy mm-hmm. of in the world mm-hmm. where people get to vote on things. You have rights as a citizen. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't have any rights for women or slaves or, you know, so most of the people didn't have the mm-hmm. rights. But if you were a landowning or, you know, aristocrat in Athens, you could vote on things. Mm-hmm. So if they had just rolled over for Xerxes and passively given in, there goes democracy. That's oh. its earliest experiment. Oh, yeah. We may, may not have It may never come back. That one. The rest of the totalitarian yeah. regimes. Rome, you said that you can buy citizenship Yeah, that there. was one way you could. Yeah, you yeah. could be born like Paul is born in Tarsus. Mm-hmm. So he said, I, you know, I have Roman citizenship because mm-hmm. I was born in a Roman... Yeah. S- and part of the Roman Empire, part of its downfall comes when the army is no longer just, you know, Roman citizens, but it starts pulling guys from other parts of the Roman Empire who aren't Roman citizens mm. and who uh, have no real loyalty to Rome, you know, per se. So then they creates divisiveness. And that's a key thing. Right. That loyalty to say this, and you saw that in those guys from South Africa. I've seen that, like our neighbors are from Africa. They moved here 10 years ago. Didn't speak much English at all, just French. Uh, Learned the language. He got his doctorate. She got her master's. They're the best neighbors we've ever had. Just amazing family. We love them. But they, boy, Memorial Day, Labor Day, they got the flag out. They have pride in this country because, yes, because they have freedoms here that they didn't have at home and they worked so there's just, to me, that's a big piece of it too. If you get something right. easy, just walk across and get it, then there's not a value there. If right. you sacrificed and worked for it and you have you that shared culture, yeah, culture, like this is who we are. Right. It's like being a part of a team. So there's importance in all of that piece. So it, it sounds very loving to say, we don't need borders, just come on over. But actually that's just not how the human spirit and mind works. It's part of being a country. Uh, When I went to Egypt or other places, I would try to learn some of the language so I could at least talk a little bit with the people. And we have people coming here that don't even want to learn our language. They want to hold on to their own language and say, too bad. I had incredible students in the IB program, a lot of Asian kids who came here, and they couldn't speak English to begin with, but they learned it. Mm -hmm. And... The other piece is they realized here they would have the freedoms that they didn't have in some of their home countries. And they would be able to uh, advance through their own effort and work, which is Mm -hmm. the beauty of what capitalism gives us in the United States. You can improve your position Uh if you work and, and try but you have to become part of the country that you're joining. Yeah. You don't maintain your original and isolate yourself and speak only your original language. Yeah. Then you're not trying to become part of that country yeah. anyway. You bring some culture and some aspects, which is great because we're diverse people. And that's the thing that's been the secret sauce right. of America from day one is right. all these many becoming one nation. Right. But still, you've got to become that one because if it's all just doing their own thing all over, then it's not really a country. It's a hegemony of various bizarre culture things. And again, it's a very complex issue, so we can't just say, well, we've got all the solutions to it. But we're trying to combat those broad brush statements of we should should let 
people come over and then, you know, they'll do the, the photo op or the video of a mother with her three kids trying to come across the Rio Grande or however trying to get in here. And it's heart wrenching because right. if I were in her shoes, I would want to do the same thing. But what are the solutions to it? Do we just get rid of borders and say, all right, anybody come on over because of that mom and her kids and other situations like that? Do we just not have a fence? Because a fence, again, has been turned into that's a racist thing or that's no. Trump's wall and that equals bad because we think, you know, they're bad and we're good. I would just ask if does Nancy Pelosi's house have a wall around it? Yeah, I would guess that it does. We all have walls around our houses because we want to have uh, protection for our family and our property. What about uh, doors, though? Do you leave your door wide open at night? And if I did, I would never say it on this show. So I and I don't. So. <laughs> no, you don't. And, and they don't even. Right. The right. people who say we need open borders have walls, gates, and security guards protecting them. Right. We shouldn't have guns, but I'd have a gun. So it's it's for thee and not me kind of philosophy. And it breaks down very quickly if you're like, well, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense that we have protection for our own families, but we shouldn't for our nation. How right. does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Uh, there's an ethicist uh, named Paul Ramsey, and he said, it was a work of charity for the Good Samaritan to help the man who fell among the thieves. By another step, it would have been a work of charity and not of justice alone to maintain and serve in a police patrol on the Jericho Road to prevent such things from happening. Mm -hmm. That's a work of charity mm -hmm. by having police to protect people. Yep. Uh, the, the left has turned police into a bad word. Yep. I mean, it's, it's there. Who are you going to call when somebody, you know, mugs you when you're downtown? You're not going to call uh, just the local populace. You have to call someone who's job is to protect and defend and serve yep. social uh, workers aren't going to come when someone's yeah. getting shanked it downtown. says by yet another step it might well be a work of charity to resist by force of arms any external aggression against the social order that maintains the police patrol uh -huh. along the road to jericho so there is a value to protection and defense and people need to feel safe where they live and if you're allowing just anybody to come through your house at night, you're not safe. No. And the reality is that for every mom trying to bring her few kids, several kids across the border, there's bad guys bringing drugs, uh, sex trafficking. You know, Trump mentioned in a speech, uh, it was right before the election about coyote, coyotes. And yeah. people are like, what does, he, what does he mean coyote? They didn't even know the term for it. But that is something that he's had to deal with and others in leadership is that, yes, there are bad guys trying to cross the in, come into our country all the time. One, to bring drugs, sex trafficking, and to destroy us, to try yeah. to blow us up, to try right. to get rid of us, right? Yeah, and they often come through Mexico, but there are other ways that they can come in through our, our harbors and things like that, too. There are worldviews that hate the United States. And sadly, some of them are being elected to our political offices. Exactly. They don't like this country. They think it's wrong from the beginning. And it's the United States has its flaws. It's not perfect. No nation is. But it, I don't see uh, a major concerted effort to break into some of these other countries no. that are trying to break here. No. Because this is 
a different place compared mm-hmm. to other countries because of the way we were founded. Yeah, Dinesh D'Souza um, had a good one, and I think I've referenced it in the past before, but he had a great documentary, uh, America, Where Would the World Be Without Her? And it was probably five, six, seven years ago. But he goes down to the board because he basically dismantles one after the other, like eight or nine different arguments that America is a bad country. Yeah. And he made your point too. It's not perfect, but this model is the best model we've ever had. Right. And when you put a, a great model into the hands of fallen men and women, obviously there's going to be issues. But still better than a bad model into the hands of one powerful man uh, who's, you know, we've seen that played out over human history. But he goes down to the border and he talks to Border Patrol. He goes, so how many people do you stop every day trying to come into the United States? And 100, 200, whatever the number is. He says, well, how many people do you stop uh, from America going into Mexico? And the guy's like, what? Goes, no, <laughs> right. it's a serious question. How many do you stop? He goes, I've never had to try to stop somebody to go from America there. So right. that tells you something about the quality of life that we can have here. And if we can keep it is the thing because right. we may lose it just, you know. Yeah. It's it, like when Ben Franklin came out of the constitutional convention and Mrs. Powell said to him, well, what do we have? Uh, you know, monarchy, republic. He says a republic if you can keep it. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. We are under attack from within our own country by people who hate the United States and they hate what we stand for. And that's always going to be a problem, but we can um, respond with love and grace, but also with conviction and truth. Like our podcast is not, you know, love wins. It's truth wins Mm -hmm. because Jesus's truth is, uh, a combination of grace and justice and yeah. truth. Yeah. Well, I just had this um, analogy of you have a, a big school and to keep the people in the school safe. Unfortunately, we live in a culture now right. where you've got to have locked doors and security to, right. to vet people. Now, yeah. if you go as a father and you go in, you buzz in, they're like, oh, I know Stu, that's, you know, he's so-and-so's father. They'll buzz you right in. There's no problem. And it's the same with our borders. You know, if you have a way to vet people and say, yeah, this is a mother and her kids, it's not going to be easy, but let's right. see if we can help become citizens versus a drug dealer there rather than just everybody come on over. It's like, this is a way for us to vet. Are these people, do they really want to become United States citizens? And are they willing to share the same values? Now, how you do that, how extensive that is, I don't know, but you at least have to put the effort into it versus, and that's been going on since we started as a nation, but now we're hearing this, well, that's just racist. That's just phobic, whatever phobic of all these different, people groups like no it's not it's right it's self-preservation we have to do that to continue as a as a nation and that's typically a tactic of the left that doesn't have an answer to why we should do things the correct way so they just label you something put a word on them and we have them name we can exclude them and call them names yeah Yeah, it's just weak because if we don't have laws, if we don't have a way to enforce those laws, if we don't have borders, then we're not really a nation at all. Right. We're just a bunch of people in this part of the world. And so either we have to agree that, yeah, we are a nation and we have to have those things or we're not. But to just say something like it's magical and loving or to get a picture. I don't know if you remember, it was a year or two ago, AOC 
goes down by the fence and on the border and is crying, but then you, you actually see the truth of the story. You pan back that the fence stops just a few feet down from her, but she, it was a photo op for her to be weeping for all these poor people on the other side of the fence. It's like, it's, it's a photo op. It's a political way to get people to vote for you, to say, yeah. I care for the little people. Now little people vote for me. I don't think that's everybody, but I think that's the majority of those people who are allowed about just saying we need to have open borders. So you can't, if you've thought through it and what's best for this country, you can't land on that place unless and you just think want those of votes. the problems it creates for those, you know, vulnerable to trafficking. And, and oh. I mean, just the crimes that are being committed because yeah. Yeah. we don't have a border. Yeah. You know, that the left is actually allowing this criminal activity to continue yeah. and to hurt the very people who are the aliens that are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're one abusing people on the way up, but also taking kids and saying they're their, their own because right. they know they have a better chance to get through. So guys are doing that. So what about the Bible you referenced, you know, about the Bible saying foreigners, like what, what do we do as, as Christians? How can we somehow make an impact on this? Because uh, it just seems like such a big problem and something that I, I can't do much, if anything, about. But I have to believe there is something that we can and should do as Christ followers. Yeah, I, I think one of the things we have to help people understand is uh, the importance of your story. The way uh, we as Americans have, an, have a story, our country, how it was founded, mm -hmm. the history and why history matters because if you don't know your history you're really like someone with amnesia mm -hmm. you have no concept of where you fit into the whole scheme of things mm -hmm. and i think if people would learn more about the history of the united states and america you know they would realize there are so many there are bad things yes but there are so many amazing things that God has done mm -hmm. to allow this country to even exist in the first place. We fought against the most powerful nation in the world to get freedom, mm -hmm. and we won. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that's a miracle in itself. There's no way we should have defeated Great Britain. Mm -hmm. Great Britain had the best navy, all of them, you know. It was, it's almost uncanny, and you start to realize there are certain little instances like, George Washington is almost trapped on Manhattan mm -hmm. with the whole Continental Army. It's over, mm -hmm. but a fog rolls in and they escape. Yep. I mean, it's how did that happen? Yeah. You know, you start to realize there are all these different. Spain wanted to be the and was the dominant world power, and they wanted to come to England and take it over. So they sent the Spanish Armada in 1588. Philip sends his. 55,000 army men and 130 some ships and a storm comes up and it wrecks these ships and the British are able to out navigate the Spanish galleons and they win this amazing victory oh. and then after that Spain is on the descendancy and England is on the ascendancy but just before that the Spanish had kicked out the Jews mm. And that's right before Christopher Columbus leaves to come over. They expelled the Jews from Spain. Yes. It's countries that expel the Jews don't do well. Yeah. No kidding. So. And that I was thinking that earlier that in Israel, when you go there, it's 
very tight security and every checkpoint is very you know they have to they have to for and their it, own protection and, and the problem is that one side wants to paint them as the oppressors right it's the same down in the southern border we're the oppressors who just want just turn the other way when somebody's in need and we don't care for that poor woman children well when you when you roll the tape before and after you realize that there are evil people on that other side who are oppressing those people but they're the ones oppressing and it's it's not a quick easy fix on this side of it but just opening it up to let those men in is not the solution right. by any means because then you everybody's toast and and, and that's the problem 911 yes and things like and that. you don't see people israelis going into palestinian areas and blowing themselves up but right. you certainly see weekly the vice versa right and the same with america rockets is that, being launched from gaza yep. yep and as bad as like you said we've had our black eyes through history but when was the last time you saw americans going out into other countries to blow them up because we don't agree with how they do things right i don't know those stories no. you have evil people inside hurting each other in america and there's that's a whole different subject but for the most part or for this topic it's like we have to have borders we have to have laws we have to have a, a shared unity and values or we're no country at all and so just to say something simple like oh this is the loving thing to do and pat each other on the back and get votes that's just making it worse not better and so we got to roll our sleeves up and do what we can. And I think you got to think, oh, and that made me think of wall builders. I think you were talking about American history. Go right. to wallbuilders.com. David Barton. David Barton. Great. Yep. I learned so much just yep. through reading and watching his videos. But he goes in detail of true American history. Right. The history that was pulled out of the history books in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and later uh, because they didn't want to show how Providence got us to where we are today. Right. He goes into that and he shows you those stories of Washington and the, and the Revolutionary War and all the stuff that, that created America. And I got a story. I, I was teaching this class uh, at church and one of the guys in my class was Del Tackett the guy who did yeah. the truth project. Do you ask him to come on? I, oh, I, I will. I, but I was just amazed. I was just standing there, you know, like yeah. you're one of my heroes. Yeah. And, uh, I remember one of his teachings in one of the truth project videos, which I'd encourage you all to see if you get a chance, mm -hmm. uh, was how did we get this whole system of our government like we have an executive, a legislative and a judicial branch, mm. you know, to balance and check the power of one individual so that one person can't control everything. And so it comes from Isaiah 33, 22, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king, mm. judge, lawgiver, king. Those are the three branches and it came from the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's like most Americans don't know that. Huh. Yeah. Well, the perfect government someday will be a monarchy with Jesus as yeah. the Prince of Peace. Uh, until then, we have a pretty good model that's been handed down through blood, sweat, and tears of our forefathers, of our founding fathers, if we can keep it. And I think this is a key subject where we have to get, we have to know the history. And so you, as the listener, got to do your work to know it, to argue for it, to fight for it, to be 
to, to be involved in politics and say, no, this all sounds good, but it's not truth. And to, to reveal the truth of what's really going on in our borders and what the agenda is of those evil people who want to destroy us. And so uh, we've got to band together around that truth and fight for this country because we're right on the precipice, I believe. Yeah. We're at a place where we're about ready to lose it if enough people don't stand up and say, no, I'm not going to just say, well, I don't agree with it, but I just need to work and take care of my family. There's not going to be a place to do that anymore if we don't do it now. Yeah, the president of the Students for a Democratic Society in the late 60s that was this, you know, very wild leftist group. Uh, you've heard of SDS. I don't know if you've heard or the Weathermen. There were a couple other groups mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because you were not even born then, but I was. <laughs> so uh, there was the president of this group. He said, what we decided after the election in 1968 is, we would march on the English departments of the university and not the White House mm -hmm. because they lost the White House so badly. Yeah. They realized the way to, way to take it over yep. is to get control of the universities. And that's incredible how much percent of professors, like 13 to 1, yep. are leftists. Yep. You know? Yeah, the hippies of the 60s became the professors of the you know 70s and beyond. And we're, we're seeing the consequences of that. Yep. Maybe we should do that sometime. Hey, do you know any guys who were hippies and then became professors and then saw the light and we could have them on the podcast? Because mm, that'd be really cool. I don't know. That's if anybody knows of, does anybody know hippie professors who came to Jesus? Okay, let's find it for, and that'd be a great episode. We're going to do Unless that. we should get Dell on too. Sometime. Yes, you talk to Dell. I'll, I'll give you a note. Hey, Dell, I love Truth Project. Come on our podcast <laughs> yeah. and send it to him on Sunday. All right. Again, complex issue, not an easy answer, but some things to chew on. So hopefully that did it for you and you'll think through it and talk through it and we'll stick together as a country. But for all that and my friend Stu, this is Todd. We'll see you at the next episode.